thoughts. Let's um, let's take a moment to pray together. Now. Let's pray. God, you welcome us wherever we are, wherever we bring. We who are weary, we who are joyful, we who are enthusiastic, we who are resentful, we who are bold, we who are timid, we who are all of these things in different times and seasons. You, God, welcome us all. Forgive us for the welcome we've given others has been less than warm and has been half-hearted or downright off-putting. May the measure we receive from you be the measure that we pour out on others. An overflowing of love and acceptance rooted in divine love. And as we give of ourselves, may we know you replenishing our love, blessing us to be a blessing today and every day because we ask it in Christ's name and in his name we pray together saying our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, we're going to begin this morning by hearing uh, the Bible story that we're going to be thinking about. So Mark's going to come out and uh, read that to us. And because it's a nice short one, I'm going to ask Mark to read it through twice, because we're going to be thinking about it quite a lot, and it's going to help if we've become more familiar with it. So this is the story of Mary and Martha. Let's hear the word of God. Taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, reading verses 38. 41, the story of Mark and Mary. Reading from the NIV. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, 
don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. May God add blessing to his holy word. Thanks, Mark. So, we're going to begin to think a wee bit about this uh, story today and what it might mean for us. And we're going to spend a little bit of time at our tables uh, talking about a couple of questions just to get us going. They're going to appear on the screen. So, in your groups, I'd like to spend maybe just five minutes talking about these two questions. What do you think Martha was hoping for when she opened her home up to Jesus? And then secondly, where do you think she wanted to be when he came to her home? Now, I'm not saying there are right answers, but I'd like you to be thinking about that. What do you think she was hoping for? And then where do you think she wanted to be when he came to her home? So I'll give you five minutes just to chat about that, and then we'll be back a wee bit afterwards. Mary and Martha are in the story. 
So for instance, Mary physically is close to him. Martha is apart from him. Mary is focused. Martha, we're told, is distracted. So what other ways could you compare those two women? Mary is what compared to Martha being what? So try and see if you can get a, a wee list of things there, maybe uh, six, seven, eight things that would compare and contrast them. suggestions there. So maybe what we'll do is we'll just go around and we'll maybe hear, we'll hear one from each uh, table. So we'll start with folk on my left here. So Francois, do you want to offer one? Mary's focused. 
Martha's distracted by many things. Mary seeks to be at peace. Martha's worried. Mary's in company. She's with other people. Martha, I think, is on her own. She's alone. Mary's doing what she wants to do. Martha's doing what must be done. And must is in the verdict commas there. And there were a lot of cultural expectations about hospitality and what that would look like. And so she would have felt um, the necessity of feeding these people. And of course, it wasn't just Jesus. It could have been 12 people or more landing in on her. And any of us having to cater for 12 people would be pressure and stress. Uh, Mary's content, Martha's discontent. Next slide. M Mary's going against the norm. You know, we didn't know this, but culturally, for a woman to sit in that kind of company listening to teaching would not have been done, really. And so Mary is making quite a countercultural choice in sitting with the boys to listen to Jesus. Martha's trying to fulfill the norm that would have been expected of her in her culture. Mary's relating, Martha's functioning. Mary's focused on one thing, Martha's trying to do many things. Mary's doing what feels important to her, Martha's doing what feels urgent to her. A very important difference between what's important and what's urgent. I know lots of people who live their lives dictated by the urgent. All the things that have to be done uh, in terms of work or house or job or whatever. Um, but actually the important things of building relationships, of being with family, of looking after yourself, they all get sidelined because of all these urgent things. But actually the urgent things are often not the most important things. The important things don't shout as loud, so they don't get heard as loud as loudly as the urgent things. It's a really important distinction there. And Mary's grateful, Martha's resentful. Mary's exposed, she's taking a risk. Martha might be hiding in some ways in the kitchen because she, she's scared to go out and do what Mary's done. So Martha in some ways is playing, playing safe. Now that's not, I know that's, a, that's a, quite a strong list. Um, it could be seen as being quite bad for Martha. Martha has a lot of redeeming features. But there's quite a lot of interesting material in this story about how the two women are. And we'll finish off with this last question before the break. Question three. Again, just a couple of minutes on this. How might Martha have done things differently with a better outcome? What could Martha have done to have a different outcome in this exchange? Off you go, a couple of minutes, and then we'll be back. Okay, folks. Um, we'll just take a couple of, uh, couple of responses on that, and then we'll get to our break. The Marthas are busy in the kitchen. Martha's looking through the window there. We'll look in a minute, Mark. Um, so, what could Martha have done differently that would have perhaps had a different outcome? Any thoughts on that? So she, she could have asked for help, yeah, so she, she could have, um, she was quite nip it. I, I wonder, I, I wonder if the ground rules were set even before Jesus had, had came, if she'd had a conversation with Mary about expectations and stuff, that might, that might have helped. Over here they were helpfully saying that she could have just gone for Deliveroo, okay, <laughs> sent out, sent out the guy by, he would bring stuff, get caterers in. Anything else that she might have done differently? Yeah. 
in the in the context of the story, my gut feeling is there wasn't a lot of time, you know, so it really was like last minute prep. But yeah, she'd known she could have got organised in advance. Yeah. yeah. Do we ever hear her asking Jesus what he wants? She just straight in the kitchen. So could she have said, Lord, I know you're hungry, or you're likely to be hungry. Um, I'm happy to cook for you, but I would love to just sit and be with you. Because it goes back to that whole, why did she ask him in in the first place? Because it was to feed him. Because she could have just sit and pick halfway down the road. Here's a tenor, she said, go get yourself some food, right? No, she wanted to be with him. But the very choices that she were making were taking her away from him, weren't they? Um, so she, she, you know, she wanted to be with Jesus, but she was running so hard in the kitchen, she didn't really get to be with him. Um, so I wonder if she had a conversation with him. I said, Jesus, right, look, I've got some flatbread here. I, you know, I can throw a stew on, but then I want to just come and sit with you. No problem, Martha, on you go. Um, I wonder if she'd had a conversation with him, how things would have been different. And she had a conversation with Mary before it got nipped. <laughs> it might have been different too. Okay, we'll park it there, and we'll pick up some of those things uh, after the break. Thank you.
or don't you put out of the room uh, turning pools. Uh, so if I ask you what you think are the two most important words in the story that we've just been thinking about, I wonder what you would say. For me, the word that stood out this week were distracted and one. Martha was distracted by her many tasks when there was really just one thing needed. And as Jesus tells us, Mary chose the better part. And as we finish up this morning, I want to offer a few brief thoughts on both of those words. The first thing I want to say a wee bit about distractions, and I want to get some clarity right off the bat by saying that not all distractions are a bad thing. If jigsaws or building Lego or doing up your old car or motorbike or crafting or knitting is your thing, the thing that you positively choose to do to relax, then that is absolutely fine. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the things that you do almost without thinking that stop you from being fully present in the moment. Breaking off the conversation that you're having with a real person because a message has come in on your phone. Or ignoring the people around you because you're caught up in something that isn't actually that important. Filling the day with activity that doesn't achieve anything other than filling the day with activity. Throwing yourself into something as a means of hiding from something else. That's the kind of distraction that we're on about. And the writer Dennis Turner says that although those kinds of distractions are enemies in some ways, they actually bring a gift in disguise because they reveal something important about where our hearts are at, something that we probably need to be hearing. I had a wedding visit a while ago when I went to, to meet the couple for the first time and there was a football match on the television and rather than turning off the TV when I arrived, the TV stayed on the whole time that I was there and the groom only turned the sound down because I asked him to. And it was really obvious where his attention was the whole evening and it wasn't even that important again. That level of distraction gave me a fair idea about how invested he was in planning for his wedding. I can only hope that he's going to be a wee bit more invested in the marriage, if not the big day. He was distracted for the whole night. Or maybe I should say he was actively distracting himself. But where was Martha's heart in today's story? What does her distractedness in the kitchen reveal about her? Well, I guess only she could say, but maybe it's revealing a deep need to be needed, or that she's been conditioned to put others first and never to think of herself, or that she thinks that what she has to offer won't be worth anything unless it's done absolutely perfectly. Maybe it's a reaction to Mary's countercultural choice to sit at Jesus' feet, or anger about that choice, or jealousy in the face of that choice. But whatever the truth of it, it tells us something about where Martha's heart is in that moment. It's not in what she's doing. And perhaps her gift to us today 
is the invitation to turn the focus back in ourselves and place ourselves under the same kind of scrutiny. What are the unhelpful distractions that we find ourselves slipping into? And what do they say about our hearts? When we wake up to the realization that we're not really in the moment, but evading it in some way, what is that telling us? I think those are good questions to be taken away from this morning and reflecting on. So Martha's distracted. She's scattered, pulled in a dozen different directions, trying to peel onions, stir rice, polish the cutlery, stove the oven, grind the spices all at the same time, and growing angrier and angrier and angrier as she does so. But Mary, on the other hand, is focused on one thing. The one thing that really matters to her in that moment, which is being with Jesus. And to the best of our knowledge, he's never been in their home before. He might never visit again. Yet there are ideas of hospitality that need to be seen to. But Mary wants to listen to him and to question him and not just feed him. And the moral that's often drawn from this story, and I have to confess I've drawn it myself, is that Mary is commended because she did the spiritual thing why Martha is scolded for doing a practical thing. But I don't think that can be the whole story. Because the scriptures are clear that we need faith and deeds in our Christian lives for them to be balanced. Well, I think what Jesus is commending Mary for here is for thinking through what really mattered to her in that moment and having the courage to do that one thing. For a woman to sit with men in that kind of a context, just wasn't done. And she was taking a risk in doing so. And I think that shows the measure of her single-mindedness. But Martha, on the other hand, hadn't really made a choice. She just followed the well-worn pathway that she'd been trained for, rather than thinking about what mattered most to her in that context. What was Martha's one thing? Well, we never find out. She doesn't go there. It might have been joining Mary at Jesus' feet. But it might also have been getting on with the food preparation in a different spirit. Knowing that even while she was in the kitchen, listening through the doorway, she was still a part of the gathering and her work was appreciated. Forgive me for sharing this quotation again, but I think it fits with today's story very well. It's from Sister Kirsty, who's an Anglican None, you probably didn't know the Anglicans are nuns, but they do. And Sister Kirsty says, It's not the place where you are that is the important thing. It's the intensity of your presence there. It's not the situation that counts. What counts is that you are fully alive in any situation. Looking hard at the place where you are instead of wanting to work wonders elsewhere. And I wonder if that's why Mary's praised in today's story, why Martha gets the gentle rebuke that usually follows when Jesus has to say your name twice. Martha. Martha. That's usually a sign that you're in trouble. But maybe it doesn't matter so much whether we're in the lounge listening to Jesus or in the kitchen serving Jesus. As long as we've made the conscious choice to be there 
happily undistracted as we go about the one thing that matters most to us in that moment. Something to think about as we go into another week of activity. Amen. I'm going to take a couple of minutes now just to listen to a wee piece of recorded music that I came across when I was preparing for today. And it's a song called Mary's Heart and Martha's Hands. Mark's going to lead us now in our prayers for others.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your mercy, your patience with us, and your everlasting love. We give you thanks for the beauty of this earth, the colorful seasons, the sights, the smells, and sounds, the many wonderful things that reflect who you are, your splendor and glory. Help us to remember with joy and thanksgiving all that you have given us. We thank you for our families, our minister, and all the volunteers that help with the running of this church. We thank you for the message you have for us today, and we ask that you help us put aside the distractions which are unimportant and focus on the one thing that really matters. Grant us wisdom to make the right choices in life. As we embrace each new day this week, fill us with compassion for everyone we meet. Help us to listen to the needs of others, to be a blessing to anyone who is suffering, and to reach out with the good news of your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray that you inspire us to help make a positive difference in the communities that we live in, especially for the poor and homeless who are struggling to make ends meet. We pray for the sick and injured who are suffering. We ask for your healing power to bring health to their bodies. We pray for the elderly and lonely and those who are mourning with the loss of loved ones. Lord, please keep a fatherly eye on them. Fill them with comfort and hope. We pray for all those facing difficult decisions, thinking especially about the many families who are displaced through no fault of their own, governments that are facing difficult choices, and the economic challenges of our day. Grant them a clear path of hope and peaceful resolution. Lord, help us to trust you in all situations. We ask and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Mark. We're going to uh, finish with one last song, which is called Come and Find a Quiet Center. <laughs>
go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. The blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore. Thank you.